Hey guys, welcome back to the Scared Stiff Podcast. This is your host, Mike Hawkins. This is my co-host, Scott Noyce. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm all right. Just had a good time watching uh, watching The Mummy. Did you have a good time? Uh, kind of. Okay. Better than the last time I saw it. So today's episode clearly is The Mummy. I already mentioned last time we're going to do this film, and this is probably one of the last entries we're going to do from the classic universal monsters. Besides that, I think we're going to do maybe two, three other ones, but this is the only one that we're doing. That's a real universal classic. Aspired from maybe one other one, but we'll talk more about that as things go on. But Mike's not big on the film. I'm decently happy with, like, I don't love the film, but I've always thought it's got some really cool moments and it's not just something to forget about. So Another great reason to go over this one is because it's not like Frankenstein where we could sit here and gush about. I love it. I love it. It's not like Brian where we can sit here and gush. I love it. Dracula, I can gush. I love it. Mike goes, I like it. <laughs> this one, he's sure. clearly stated before. He's like, I just don't get the mummy. So maybe we'll get a little bit more insight about that. And we can get my opinion on that. So you go after rewatching the film. How do you feel about it now? I, I like it. I wouldn't say that I have it up as high as something like even Dracula, because even even with Dracula, like I, I gave it like a four star rating. Where this, I probably I, the first time I watched it, I gave it a three star rating. I think this time it's going to get bumped up to a three and a half. You know, a little, little foreshadowing of the ending of the video, but um, yeah, I, I I like this movie. It's just to me, it really lives on on Karloff himself because everybody else to me is not very interesting. Um, it's cool to see some actors pop up that are in other movies. There's kind of like like gotcha moments for me. Like uh, I, I believe that the guy who gets um, who dies in the beginning or or dies laughing, sorry I should say, is um, Renfield. Or he no, is. not Renfield. He's he is he's Renfield. Fry. And and uh, and then the the guy who plays uh, Miller is Van Helsing from Dracula, I believe. Um, I recognize his voice and his face. So I was, I was like, that was pretty cool. But honestly, like the rest of the characters, I, I, I didn't find much interest in. So I did a little research about the movie beforehand, not because I wanted to, but because one thing bugged me and I want to know if anybody else talked about it. It's blackface, first of all. Wait, it's what? Like, you didn't notice that? No. The servant, like the Nubian servant, he's not fucking black. He's definitely got blackface. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to it at all. Wow. Yeah. I, I I'm even... pretty certain he's he's got blackface on because he's got very Caucasian features and unusually dark skin. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I was just watching it like, has anyone mentioned the blackface in this movie? And I didn't see anything. So, But as I was doing that, I was looking at wrong. other trivia. I was looking at other facts about the film. Could you tell when you watch the movie that this is not, this is one of the only films they did that they didn't have like an original, they didn't have like a book to base book it material. on. Yeah, there's no book material. Yeah, I could tell because it just seems like it kind of meanders along a bit. A lot of the- It doesn't really have a, a concrete plot that they're, they're, they're running with from a book. They're, they're kind of trying to tell their own story and it kind of shows that some of these earlier movies, they, they didn't exactly know what to do with some of this stuff i'd even go as far to say not only does it try to tell its own story but it mimics a lot of its story from dracula yes and it's not just because van helsing it's van helsing's character plays the exact same character yes a lot of the stuff follows suit and the romance the romance uh is 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 similar to me yeah and when i said that like i was watching the movie and i was thinking to myself wow, this, this is something that would be a good companion piece with Dracula, like Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie. Because I was thinking about it, I'm like, there's, there's a lot of similarities here with like how he's like manipulating someone into being this, this uh, old priestess and all that stuff. And it, it, was, it was quite similar in that regard. Yeah, it's similar in that regard in a lot of things. I'll say one thing that isn't similar is that you may not like Keanu's performance, but Keanu plays Jonathan Harker and that character is a decent character. I'd say the guy in this who's the lead is not a nice guy. He's oh, you mean, just a piece of shit. You mean mega simp? It's not even just that. He just says a lot of like 
super Dude. conservative fucked just, up things when I, when houston or he's telling the girl he was like yeah i'm gonna after this i'm gonna make you love me I'm like ay 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 that's not good um uh, that, that's that's pretty bad uh i mean it's an older movie but still that's like it, it doesn't make it doesn't endear you to want these people to be together if this guy is like it seems like he's like forcing her to have feelings for him which is really weird not even just that but the fact that he's just very forceful an asshole in general like he talks about oh it's ridiculous that we can't bring the things over into the british museum it has to be in this place like like he very much talks down about Cairo and the people there, and yeah, and he, then and the then, slave in general, he just treats like it's just another slave. It's like okay, man, just a slave, sick. Like, and and then Imhotep does kind of the same thing because he he's like, uh, I, I'd rather not be touched. Consider it my uh, Eastern, Eastern prejudice. prejudices. So yeah. it's like, oh, they both hate each other. Huh? Yeah. At so. least he's not as racist about it as the no, lead. he's not. But leads very it, racist about things, which is why I really. He's just a prick. He's definitely the most unlikable lead in all the classic Universal horror films. Oh, easily. And I'd say I like his dad a decent amount too. He's always way better. Yeah, the dad character is a lot less racist. I wish he was the main character. Yeah, because I found him more interesting. The the other guy, he's just he's just he's just that like a fair looking American lead. Oh, not American, British lead. Where he—he just—he's such a stock standard character. Like the performance itself isn't bad. It's just there's nothing to the character. Like he's just an asshole, and he's—he yeah. just has to like uh, fall in love with this girl because there has to be a love triangle, and they're they're dealing with the whole thing where where he saw the princess's body and he's like, oh, you look like her. It's like okay, that's not a compliment. Yeah, I look like a dead girl. Woo. Yeah, no, I, he's such a, every time he's on screen, I'm just like, please leave. Please just leave. Hell, if, if, if they followed Miller, I'd be more interested. It's all just so, like, I remember when I, when I first watched this movie, I told you, like, this movie's just dull. And I don't think I really understood what I thought was so dull about the movie. It's not the movie so much as, like, the set design's really great. And it, the, there's a lot of really cool um, sequences. A lot of the shots with, with Karloff are, are really, really hypnotizing um particularly the ones where obviously where he st- stares dead into the camera it's iconic they do it like two or three fucking times in the film yeah but it's like the one when you search the mummy 1932 is probably the uh oh, yeah. the image that shows up first i just can't believe they reuse the same shot so many times in the film oh, oh i believe it <laughs> but um it, the the thing about the movie that is so dull is mostly the fact that that guy's our lead yeah our lead guy and he's just such a waste of space i i just don't like him at all I like the girl. She's fine. Yeah, she's I don't like her in the beginning, but she grows on you. Yeah, she. I, I don't. She gets better towards the end, especially. Yeah, that's that's what I, that is what I feel is dull about the movie because oh, there's a lot of stuff about the movie when I was watching it this time, where I was looking at it and saying, "Wow, that's actually really impressive." Like the the sets and the um, the props, especially the designs of all those things, they all look really good. But yeah, the the characters could could fuck off. Yeah, I can agree. I, I like this film. Like, I think it's fun, but I don't go back to watching it very often. I'll definitely watch Bride of Frankenstein about once every year, if not once every two years. I watch Invisible Man at least once a year. I watch Creature once a year. I watch Dracula once every two years, probably. Watch the first Frankenstein at least once every two years. Wolfman once every year or two. I don't watch Mummy that often unless I feel... Well, I haven't seen it in a while. I kind of got to play fair. And then I watched it and I say, okay, well, I definitely watched it again. I'm not going to lie. Because like, I, I've seen all the Universal Monster like solo movies, I think at this point. Because now, now I've seen Phantom. Um, I wouldn't even count Phantom, but yeah. Yeah, but technically it is. I, I haven't gone back to revisit them. But I'll tell you what, if I was going to revisit them, this would be the last one I'd watch. It's not like it's a bad movie. Uh, it, it's just it's so dull and that's because of the characters and obviously like there's more to a movie than just the characters but if, if they're if the characters are dull then why am i watching this like what's what's the point of the story at that point i think it's easier to associate the mummy with more along the lines of some of the sequel movies because they are original plots and they have to figure out something to do dracula frankenstein and invisible man they're all original ideas but it's they're they're being translated from a book 
at this point, this movie came out in 1932. It's a first time director who's never directed a film before. And he says how he was worried about it. The, all the people on set were talking about that too. But at the same time, when he's trying to do that, there's only so many things they can really try to get down without trying to copy from Dracula. And everything feels like it was a rushed production. And that sucks. But look at Wolfman. Wolfman's an original tale, but it came out in 1940. They had time to sink their teeth into that and figure out, all right, we learned from our mistakes. We can do this, do that. At that point, there'd already been a decent amount of sequels to these films. And Bride yeah. of Frankenstein doesn't even count because most of Bride of Frankenstein is still from the novel Frankenstein. Yeah. So, well, this movie also, like, it's an early talkie. So they're still kind of, I think they're still trying to get down telling a story with, with characters that can talk, like really talk without um, like uh, cards. But that's, that's kind of the problem because, because like it, it feels like the movie just kind of meanders through, through scene to scene. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a short movie. It's only an hour and 12 minutes, but it feels really long to me. <laughs> it just feels really slow. And also they're, they're learning... It almost seems like like uh, because like you said this is a first time filmmaker there are some really weird editing things that happen in this movie like little goofs some shots don't align together they're, they stutter i don't know if it's that they're stitching together two different takes of a scene to finish like the it. scene yeah it's it like but, especially from the uh the first scene where it has dwight fry trying to figure out uh everything from the sarcophagus and stuff there's one scene where he gets up and then it cuts to a scene where he's hunched over and it's like, well, he didn't look like that. Clearly yeah. you kind of messed up the take, but there's, there's a big jump. There's, there's yeah. these little, these little jumps. And it's like, they're, they're technically nitpicks if you look at them in isolation, but they happen often enough that it is kind of bothersome for the movie. I think they it, happen. It's like four or five times, yeah. at least that I counted off the top of my head that it happened. And it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, that was not a good edit job. And it's like, it's an early talkie and I get that. So there's probably a first time filmmaker. So there's probably some, some growing pains there. It's just, it is objectively a problem. It does really kind of, it did really kind of irk me. I think it only feels like more of a problem because there's other shots in the film that do seem really well planned out or really well done. A lot of the lingering from the first scene with Dwight Fry, the camera kind of follows him, which for a film in 1932 is pretty impressive. Yeah. And there's absolute silence and it really sets the mood very well. That whole first scene, I really love. Yeah, I do too. But that's why when you have that scene happen, but at the same time, there's that weird cut in the beginning where it doesn't line up. That bugs me more because the rest of the scene is fantastic. Yeah. So if the editing was a bit cutty or, or jarring at times, it wouldn't be a big deal if other scenes flowed so well. Yeah, and there's there's like there's some really impressive shots. I mean, we'll, we'll get to some of them that are later on in the movie, but like this 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 person had talent has talent and like they they it, it's a first time try but it, it I, I guess one of the better things i could say about this movie is that it's not better but one of the things i can say about it is that it's inconsistent at times uh quality of filmmaking because there's some stuff that's really cool but the the some of the editing is rough there's some scenes where it just feels like we 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 are we're, we're in them for too long like they should they should could have shaved off a, a decent amount of, of footage to to make this movie a little snappier because i, I don't mind slow burn movies S slow burn is not bad but when a movie is just slow that's a problem i keep coming back to that but it's it's something it's it's a bit one of the biggest takeaways i have from the movie is just it really feels like this movie shuffles along really slowly I'll say to the defense of the film, I don't know how many scenes you could cut out to make it go by faster because a lot of those scenes that are in there that do make the, feel, make the film feel very slow, it's just about building with the characters. But the problem is there's no chemistry between some of these characters, so it builds nothing. Oh, I don't mean, I don't mean cut, cut scenes out. I mean, I mean shaving down scenes as far as like the... I guess that's right, yeah the length of when they hold shots and stuff like that. It feels like, again, it's an early film, so it's holding on shots a little bit longer than I think they have to. I mean, it's not like you'd cut 15 minutes out of this movie or anything. It's, no. it's going to be probably like a minute or two, but that minute or two is going to make a difference as far as how, how the pacing is. It's fair. It's, it's tough because like you said, the film is very much 
inconsistent because sometimes when they linger on shots like the beginning, it works really well. Or some of the lingering on the shots for anything with Boris Karloff because he does move so slow and methodically that it works for his character, but yeah. it doesn't work for the other human characters. And they don't understand that when they're doing that, it's really just breaking a lot of the tension or making things feel elongated. And it yeah. only works for one person in the film primarily. Yeah, I agree. That, that opening scene with um, you know, like uh, Dwight Fry, he, he starts opening up the, the box and all that stuff and the camera kind of pans back and forth to reveal the mummy behind him. And then the mummy gets up and all that stuff. That's awesome. And they should hold those, those shots because it, it builds tension. That is the only scene in this entire movie that I felt tension, though, honestly. Yeah. Fair. So that that's really sad. It, like the movie peaks, <laughs> so peaks early, peaks in the first five minutes. There's also good. And um, there's also good shots though later on that I'm a big. Oh fan yeah. Of. There's. there's I, like I will a... say that's the best scene in the film. Yeah. Is the way the camera lingers, you almost feel like you're gonna see from the background the mummy move. Which if that happened, what happened in 19- nowadays? Yeah. If that happened in 1932, I'd be like, well, who gave the fucking director a time machine, but also yeah. not directing lessons. But yeah. <laughs> if that happened, that would happen nowadays. And it would be accompanied with a, a musical stinger or absolute silence. Like yeah, the way it's done. And, until he shuffles over him and grabs him on the shoulder. And it's yeah. like, wow. So. I will say the way the camera does get a close up and you see his eyes open slowly. I almost do prefer that though, because. Oh, I love it. The way Boris Karloff moves so subtly and so slowly, and when he does move, it almost feels like it's a, a rapid, jagged movement. It works so perfectly well. Yeah. So I, even though I it love, isn't from the background, it does still feel very impactful and perfectly done. I agree. Also, speaking of Karloff and his eyes, I think we should just talk about the elephant in the room. Karloff is the reason to watch this movie. He is really good. Uh, there's some scenes where sometimes it just feels like Again, a movie where it's just like it's meandering, especially in dialogue. It's just like he talks really slowly, which is fine. He's a fucking mummy. So whatever. But it it is it it does kind of hit a one note performance at times. But there's specific scenes that are just incredible, like that opening scene. The first time that they do the shot where he just stares into the camera with his eyes glowing is awesome it, it does lose its luster after a couple times but uh th- like that like he has this mesmerizing quality and he brought it to to this movie and then he like he obviously brought it to frankenstein which is where he did his best work but you could you can see the seeds for what was going to go on with this movie frankenstein came out first yeah, that's right either way though i mean he has bride afterwards in 35 yeah and as much as i love frankenstein he really comes into his own in in bride yeah, it's his best performance. Because he, he gets a lot more to do. So, yeah. I but. will agree, though. I, I will say it does feel one note. But at the same time, when he's on screen with the, the female lead, there is much more chemistry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why when you start to meet her and she's talking to all the other characters, she really does just feel very boring, bland, and generic. But once she has scenes with Karloff, Sometimes it could be a little hokey with her performance, but they do genuinely have chemistry. The yeah. actress said off screen from the film that she didn't like the, the male lead. They were not fans of each other. They had no chemistry, but she genuinely got along really well with Karloff. And she like that was the only person she got along with on the set. Yeah, I mean, it shows on screen. Yeah, unfortunately, it shows. Because like every scene, there's like one, like when she's on the couch she like she's genuinely good and i can kind of appre- i can kind of appreciate what she's doing um with the male lead even um but pretty much every other scene just kind of a joke whereas with like you said with her and Karloff, there's there's something genuine to watch there there's an, something i can genuinely be interested in um and that's kind of why like i think like the the middle part of the movie i think it's i think that's pretty much when they start start you know meeting up and all that stuff and the stuff in uh oh man what's his fucking name bay in bay's house yeah earth bay's house that stuff's really good with them and like the whole like they show they show the um the flashback scene to uh to ancient egypt and all stuff although i'll say this it's one of those things where um i kind of got to appreciate just old-fashioned storytelling because in a lot of movies these days when they do that flashback scene 
there'd be just copious narration throughout it. And there's a little bit, but it, it mostly, once he starts the story, it's mostly tells it tells itself. Yeah. Uh, that much I, I can appreciate. I'd almost say that the way it's filmed, it's like a comic book because yeah. the scenes are meant to have the story be drawn out by the visual narrative. Like you see him taking the, the scroll of Toth, you know, they say it in the, the narration, but you can get almost all these things just by the filming. And that's pretty yeah. cool. A lot of things when things are being filmed nowadays, it's not as uh, overt. It's a lot more subtle. If you had no dialogue, you might not be able to tell what's happening on the screen. But with this, knowing any ancient mythology from Egypt, you could 100% get, oh, I understand exactly what's happening. And that's cool. Yeah. Also, the flashback scene is the second best scene in this movie because it's yep. awesome. And I love the way it's done, especially yeah, it's awesome. when it comes to when they throw the spears at the slaves. That looks awesome. That looks so good. I was waiting for it because I forgot like just how far they went with it. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised by by the fact. Like, I mean, this movie came out way before before people dealt with the whole the Hayes Code and all that stuff. So they could get away with showing some stuff that you wouldn't see in later Universal Monster movies. Like literally spears sticking out of people covered in blood. It's funny you mention that too because they'll show that exact scene in other mummy films later on but they will cut that part out yeah exactly you haven't so, seen any of the other mummy films from the universal have you no i've seen i've watched the cinemassacre video on them though so that's that's how i kind of know that's totally stuff, different but... doesn't follow the rest of this i know there's one later on i don't know if it's if it's directly the one that's from universal or, or what but there's one that's actually kind of more like in in concept the 90s one where it's an adventure story about a guy looking for treasure the mummy's tomb or whatever i'm thinking of mummy's tomb is one of them anytime i think of those films though i think of the one that takes place in louisiana for some reason because it's just like okay i guess he's in louisiana even though he was not in a swamp in louisiana in the last film but okay yeah but like i i always think back to that i mean like that sounds actually kind of interesting they're they're the classic mummy stereotypes those films are the ones you associate those are the Karis films. This is a very different kind of mummy movie. I mean, it, it's one that it's almost like a that nineties the nineties one with Brendan Fraser kind of married some of the Two stuff franchises. From, yeah, because it's an adventure story, but it's also about how Imhotep's coming back for his love and all that stuff. So it, it's kind of like they're mixing the two, which I kind of like. That I mean, it's, it's not. A, I don't think it's a secret. I think that I, I like that mum, that mummy version the most, but. I mean, I don't really like this one, and I'm not going to pick the 2017 one, so what else am I going to do? There's the sequels. <laughs> I haven't seen them. They're good. I actually like them better. Maybe I'll, maybe that's the one, one of the uh, the Universal Monster sets I'd pick up. Is the mum, is there a Mummy one? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably I have it for DVD. Up. Actually, that's one thing I have to mention, too, is that I have all the sets for Blu-ray, except for, I think, Dracula, Frankenstein, and Mummy. I have them in DVD. But the Mummy one, it feels like it's almost a really old rendition of it because the sound is really kind of choppy and faded versus if you watch Frankenstein and Blu-ray, you know, it sounds like it's an old movie because there's a lot more atmosphere to the voices, but it's still for the quality that you're getting. It's really well done. That's like the best way you're going to get Frankenstein. Yeah. This DVD for the mummy isn't. And I'll say that actually adds a lot more to the atmosphere of the film because it almost feels like you're picking up some old movie that hasn't been seen in years, and it's kind of forgotten it's ar- about. It's an archeo- archaeological find. Exactly, and it sets you in a perfect mood for it. You even yeah. have like the little black spots that you see like when you're watching a film. I yeah. think it's so interesting, because I've seen the Blu-ray, and it's not like that. It's a lot more well done. It's a lot more pristine. But this is it feels like I just picked it out of nowhere at some beat up copy, but it's not, it's the set from universal for the DVD probably like 15 years ago. I, I watched it on digital on my iTunes because I bought all the Alex Ross um, steel books. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly enough, one of my favorite steel books of the set is actually the mummy. So weird, but uh, yeah, the, I didn't watch the Blu-ray this time. I watch it digitally, which I think was from my digital copy and whatever the digital copy on iTunes is it, it, I mean, there's some scenes where it looks pretty good, but there's some, some artifacts of the wazoo, including like, uh, there's a whole, whole 
scene of the movie where there's a giant line down the movie. Yeah. Like a white line. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, did did pixels die on the TV? Holy shit. And no, it's not. It's just the film. So I was like, wow. Yikes. I don't remember it because the first time I watched it, I watched it on the Blu-ray I bought. And I don't remember that, but also I didn't remember most of this movie, so I wouldn't have remembered it. Uh, but on, on the digital copy, it, it looks fine for the most part. I think like the best the best stuff is like the close-ups with, with Karloff because um, you see every fucking aspect of the makeup. It looks incredible. Gotta give him credit. But yeah, no, it had some pretty rough rough spots where the quality of the movie got in the way. Yeah, I'll say there's times where black lines appear for like split seconds in the film on the dvd but i actually kind of prefer it because like i said it makes it feel old but it's not distracting it isn't lingered or anything yeah i i I watch movies all the time with with stuff like that and like old movies with artifacts that it usually doesn't bother me it's it's that big white line through the entire scene that kind of got me like wow this is not good for a company like universal that's not good because they usually do a really good job with all their releases dvd blu-ray all of them so that was really weird and maybe it is on the blu-ray i have no idea but it doesn't sound like it was on dvd because I feel like you would have definitely remembered that. Although then again, I, I literally watched it today. So Well, they probably just took be. a lot of the black lines and then just faded them out and made them white. That's probably what I'm getting out of it. Maybe it's just on this, it's bright white. So yeah. It's it's like maybe it's because it's Blu-ray and Blu-ray has updated color and you know more definition, but it it's bright white. It just looks like the, the film is damaged. Which is it's an old ass movie, like that happens. So there's there was a period of time believe it or not people that uh studios didn't give a fuck about maintaining quality of some of their prints i'd say the fact that everything is digital now is the only reason they do yeah i mean because because all it takes up is a little bit of hard drive space yeah i said a little in a little bit but no but still it's not even comparable to having films reels and reels of film that you have to maintain yeah i mean we're lucky that we still have some films around because a lot of the times films, uh, a lot, of, a lot of the times studios will reuse film yeah. because it's cheaper and they don't want to go get more. And then you have a lot of history just gone down the drain because they don't fucking care. Yep, I'm surprised. Like nothing to do with this, but like it must have been hell to get Last House on the Left redone. I don't know. I would assume. Well, so, well the whole story with that is that like every, um, every theater because of how grotesque that movie is they would take the the reel and they would do their own edit they cut the reel to cut scenes out and stitch it back together so there's all there's like 90 different cuts of the movie and it's like if someone destroyed the say say i don't think it happened but say the original film reel was destroyed all they have are the ones from the theaters and they're all fucked up and mismatched Mm. so yeah there that that, that, that was for a completely different reason. That was not because of film preservation. That was because people thought it was an abhorrent blight upon society. Uh, so they just cut out all the nasty shit. That's another thing that when you're watching an older film like this is that you really do realize that you take editing for granted because they have to hand cut out scenes and make them go together when they're filming things. And I can't imagine how much of a tough process that would be, especially in 1932. Yeah, it's tough to get too mad about editing. Um, especially back then, because I mean, even in third, it, it's a at that point, films have been around for around maybe forty years. I might be wrong on that, but they, they weren't. It, it was a, yeah, because they started in like the late eighteen hundreds. Because that's when uh, I think that's when Edison's Frankenstein came out. Edison's Frankenstein came out in nineteen twelve. Okay, so there, but there was one that was like a late 1800s and then we had edison's frankenstein which is the first horror film yeah. pretty much so it, it was a very the point is there is a very young art form so like the 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 techniques were still being perfected i'm sure so it's hard to get to 1910 yeah okay um but the uh the techniques for editing were probably still being perfected and all that stuff i have i have immense respect for for people who edited it especially back then because that shit's just nuts the, the the chemicals were developing film and all that stuff like it's it's yeah no good good on them you know i can't I, like i said i can't get too mad it is it is a flaw that i i do have to point out but i, I can't get too mad about it yeah i agree that's like it you can notice it's a problem and say oh you know it kind of takes me out of it but you also know the reason you say well it's i don't want to be that guy man like it happens yeah. like i don't i can't say i do a better job yeah, I mean, like, I feel the same way about some of the stuff in Dracula. Yeah, I, I know how much you, you, you love Dracula and all that stuff, but... There's, you know, there's some, some edits in Dracula, though. 
there there's some stuff in Dragon where they hold the scene a little too long and like some of the stuff where like they hold it on Bella Lugosi's face and I get it even that though I think it'd be trimmed a little bit because it, it just feels like they're like look at him he's creepy and then they just hold it there and then they move on it's just like you, you, say you don't like atmosphere bro it's fine I fucking hate atmosphere bro just just give me jump scares nice but yeah also cool. nice background yeah thanks I, I didn't got even that notice that coming in yeah I had that come in a few days ago and because I, I didn't want to have to use a white one if I use the evil dead blanket it's far too close to me yeah <clears throat> so I said I want to just get a, a woods one so I just spooky background I got yeah. I just got a tapestry and it fits perfectly fine so nice I figured it'd be better if I because I know at some point we're going to cover Friday because Friday is going to be one I want to talk about a lot depending yeah. on what films we do or how many like it just it's going to fit well so. yeah eventually i mean we were talking about doing that in june july so yeah so also you this i mean this is gonna get cut out of the video but uh i wasn't gonna I, cut it no this this part oh i mean you could keep it if you want but uh what's it called the burning is leaving shutter so you should watch it yeah I, I saw your text yeah just didn't respond to it i didn't care that i don't care now because <laughs> <laughs> no. i don't fucking one thing when it comes to these movies like for the mummy especially is tough (laughs) like there's some films you want to watch and there's some films you feel like you have to watch and the mummy was a film that i decently like it and i'm not gonna sit here and say oh it's not worth it but there's films i want to watch where it's like oh the film i want to watch is an hour and a half the film i have to watch is maybe 70 minutes or it could be two hours and then i think about oh this is gonna be leaving sooner this is gonna be gone i don't have fucking time to watch this yeah it's probably streaming even even just having things physical sometimes it's like oh when i get a physical blu-ray i want to watch it sooner rather than later it's just like anything games especially the more it sits on your shelf the less likely you are to press that play button yeah. And that's just how it is. People could say, hi, you get around to it. Some things don't get around to in three years. But if you buy it and you watch it in that week, it's a lot more likely to happen. If you wait after the first week, I guarantee you it's going to go two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, I have criterions. I bought like five years ago at a criterion sale. I still haven't seen. So, yeah. The only reason I get to those is because I'll have a mood where I'm like, oh, it, it's time to binge criterion films. Yeah. I mean, I do it for horror all the time. There's a lot of times where I'll just go through, like, okay, cool. I want to watch horror films. I don't really like bulk buy them. I'll look at what's available to watch more likely. Or if there's something that's really cool I wanted to get that's on sale, I'll get it. But, you know, horror films, they're usually by Arrow, Scream Factory. You're not getting a whole lot of the ones you haven't seen from major publishers, so they're expensive. Yes, and, like that's why like we, we both sprung for uh, Curse of Frankenstein is because it was on sale, luckily. Yeah, and, and The Howling, because The Howling was $15, yeah. and usually a film like that is 30 bucks. Yeah. Oh, you flipped uh you flipped it yeah yeah i mean i i'm never really i never really use the uh the the actual like screen factory commission dart because I, I don't usually like it that much it's fine I, it's, I not, mean, it's, it's never bad it's just it's not my preferred one yeah so i do the same thing with arrow too like though for my american world from london it's flipped to the the other side i don't, oh, I, don't. I have the one they gave us i well, really me, like to, it to me it's like i have the slip case that has that art on it so that's fair yeah I just flip the other one and be like, oh, well, there's two different you know, covers. That's oh, the nice yeah. thing about, about Screen Factory and, uh, and and Arrow, though, is that they give you reversible artwork. Yeah. That's a nice but little feature. Even getting back to the film we're talking about, like The Mummy, Universal, their sets are like $30, $35. So it's like, oh, well, you're getting five, six films. It's like, I understand that. But some of these films are repeats on other sets. And they're short. Yeah. If you're buying Frankenstein... You're getting all the same movies and more that you would get with Wolfman, except yeah. you're not getting Werewolf of London and She-Wolf. Yeah. So you're sitting there saying each set is $30. Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, Invisible Man, Frankenstein, Creature. I think those are the only sets you can get. That's six sets, six times 30. That's $180. Yeah, and they have the big box set that's about that expensive. Yeah, it's 140 You save 40 bucks and you get Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, it's nice, but... You can also go on eBay and get it for 15 bucks. 
Yeah, it's just a pain. So. It's really not that convenient. Or you can get it digitally for 15 bucks too. The only sets that are really worth it, because even Dracula has a decent amount of films from Frankenstein and Wolfman. They have Son of Dracula, Dracula's Daughter. I think those are the only real differences on there. But, you know, the Mummy set is the best one to get that's varied because all the Mummy sequels don't tie in with the other film. It comes with the Karis ones? Yes, it's it's just the Mummy 1932 probably, and all the I'm, Karis films. I'm probably going to have to take a look at that then. Just so I, I, I think it's cool. Um, Invisible Man also has... I have that one. Invisible Man, Invisible Man Returns, Invisible Agent, The Invisible Woman. I literally uh, bought Abacus that. Me, Invisible Man. I literally bought that for The Invisible Agent, which I know is going to disappoint me. No, it's really good, actually. No, I'm sure it's really good. It's just that my, my, the, my concept of a Invisible Man movie that's a spy espionage film is probably just not going to be what Do you know why I feel so. like people get their hopes up for stuff like that though because people really overestimate serials yeah especially like because indiana jones mimics serials a lot and then it's that serial idea of just a fun exciting action adventure Adventure. but it's you see people mimic that a lot nowadays or they joke about it but those adventures are 10 times more wilder than something you're going to watch in 1930 yeah of course so you're getting these serials and you're like, oh, well, this it was definitely a crazier idea than I thought because I'm not getting a whole lot on screen because this came out in 1930 to 1940 and they can only do so much. Yeah. Serials, because it's been such a popular, I wouldn't say parody, but homage thing, it's become so overblown that when you watch actual serials, it's like, oh, it's a bit underwhelming. That kind of sucks that homages have kind of fucked up the original format. Yeah, I mean, people, people watch multi-million dollar, you know, just insanely budgeted movies like in like oh, they're not that insanely budgeted but like indiana jones like you said and the rocketeers follow serials yeah. even captain america pulse, the first yeah. avenger is is 100 supposed to be a pulp serial yeah and then they go back and they watch one from the 30s and 40s and they're like well, this is boring it's just like well it, it's it doesn't they don't they don't have the the budget and effects that you're expecting yeah. And I get, time. I I get that. I'm just thinking about my to myself. I'm like, wow, an invisible secret agent. That's cool. And she's like, I'll probably yeah. I'll probably watch it. And be like, yeah, it's a good movie. But I wish they would do it nowadays when we have you know, we can go crazy with it. But that's also dumb. Yeah, because that's me being like, oh, stuff's better now because we have more money and we have more visual effects. It's like that's stupid because if yeah. the story's not good, why does it matter? I think that's kind of what's so funny about it though, because a lot of times. Hollywood nowadays overblows the idea of what these things were. And I wonder how you would feel about The Mummy had you watched this one before the Brendan Fraser one. Because the Brendan Fraser one is the whole Hollywood crazy version of serials with action adventures done in the 90s about a film like this or about the Karis films. Well, to me, the way I look at it... I love the film, don't get me wrong. I think the the first Mummy film and the second one I, I like a lot too, they're both the Fraser really ones, cool. yeah, I, I dig them a lot. But to me, it's like this is the second to last Universal Monster movie I watched for the first time. So I was already in that like headspace of the way that the Universal Monster movies function in comparison to modern day sensibilities. So yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily the issue. Oh, I just mean purely um, based on the Mummy franchise, because there's no doubt the Mummy 1932 is not as good as all the other standalone horror films from. 1930, 30, uh, Frankenstein, uh, even Bride, Dracula, all that. I will agree 100%. It's not as good as the other ones. It's the worst but, one. But opinion. just in general, because the whole serialized idea from Brendan Fraser's Mummy is something that hits on the whole pulp serials from the 30s and 40s. And yeah. it's attacking that, but makes it way more crazy than it ever would have done. Yeah. Even the fucking Pirates films do that too. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's mimicking off of the mummy universe. I the Indiana Jones in general, too. I wonder they, just how different your viewpoint would be of this film had you watched it first. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe honestly, maybe I wouldn't have watched the Brendan Fraser ones. I doubt it because they're they're, I, I they're, they're, they're advertised repeatedly on on Universal DVDs. And yeah. ever since I was a kid, I was like, I really want to watch it. And I didn't watch that movie for the first time until I was like a teenager. So really? yeah, I didn't have access to it. I, it was a lot. It was on TV a lot. Yeah, I just never watched it. Like I, I never watched TV as a kid. I, I was I was always either watching movies I owned or I was playing video games. Like if I was going to be doing uh, entertainment, um, I've seen the first one in full on TV a lot. I don't know if I ever saw the second one in full until DVD. 
And I saw the third one in theaters, actually. Team of the Dragon Empire. I actually got shown to in in school. Um, yeah. In my history class, my uh, what's I can't remember what the, what the actual course name was, but in high school, they they put on that one for egyptian studies it's like yeah it's just i didn't want to teach that day but uh, it was really fun it's a really entertaining movie i haven't seen the first two mummy movies in a long time i remember seeing the third one i remember not hating it as much as everybody else does but it's also i was also like 15 so might feel differently now you know i i like uh, saying that this is the worst universal monsters movie that i've seen i still like it so I mean, like, I don't, I don't hate this movie. Yeah, that is the worst one you've seen. That's right. Yeah, of the ones I've it's seen. It's not the I'm worst, sure there's one worst I've ones. Seen. I'm sure there's worse ones. Yeah, but even just in that. Of like the, of like the like just solo outings or, or not even solo outings. It's better than Werewolf of London for sure. That's a solo really. Movie. I haven't seen Werewolf, Werewolf of London. Werewolf of London obviously. really meanders, in my opinion. Oof. I mean, I'm, and I was excited to see that. The design maybe is I'll, really maybe cool, I'll like but... maybe I'll like it. Who knows yeah no that's that's sad to hear um but you know like the of like the like the um the first entries i should say this is easily the worst by a long shot i mean there's a pretty steep drop off for me but it's still not bad like they all had good movies at least good movies out of the gate um and i mean it sounds it really sounds like in this in this that we've been dogging on this movie hardcore despite the fact that we both don't hate this movie um it's a comparative thing i don't think it's a bad movie i just think there's a reason when we pick these videos we didn't want to just pick oh the most popular one that everyone's talked about if i sit here for two and a half hours talking about why the first frankenstein is so good which i already did for like 20 minutes in the curse video like yeah it's gonna be fucking boring everyone knows why it's so good there's films that people need to learn to appreciate to an aspect but at the same time give a chance yeah and that's why i think the mummy is something to really give a chance but at the same time acknowledge its faults yeah and i i think it, the, it, this franchise itself kind of paints into a corner because besides this one i mean i haven't seen the hammer one but that's the only one that's really a horror movie because like the brandon fraser mummy movies it's one that we both have access to because you you have access to the full mummy franchise yeah whereas i don't but like brendan fraser movie action film yeah tom cruise movie bad movie and action film so it's like this kind of like paints us in the corner like either we'd have to we have to do this one or we'd have to watch and review the hammer one but we both have to acquire the hammer one yeah somehow i mean it's you can get it digitally pretty cheap on itunes for i remember like five bucks but yeah i was looking at some of the hammer films on blu-ray for amazon and i just picked up a bunch of random fucking packs of hammer films where it's like oh yeah 20 films and it's like i've never heard of a lot of these it's like everyone talks about like because when they talk about the the hammer films they're talking about the like dracula they're talking about frankenstein the terrence fisher directed ones usually yeah but like the hammer hammer produced a lot of horror movies so when you see that box set it says oh hammer movies yeah they're all hammer movies they're just yeah. all varying levels of have i ever heard of this movie hammer movies so i think that's cool though because you could get a real gem I, out I, of that like like i said like twins of evil is awesome i like vampire circus i think the cool thing about hair hammer producing so many random films it's like hey this is this is really going to be a gamble i'm i'm willing to learn today i think hammer did one of the um the movies that's in the vincent price pack too i think I know Roger Corman did um, the two. Corman does uh, the Raven. He does um, also House of the, the Fall of the House of Usher. Did they do Pit in the Pendulum? I don't know. Um, I just know that like I, I feel like I feel like one of them was Hammer. I'm just I'm not positive on that, so don't quote me on it. But yeah, like Hammer's got a, a vast library of movies. It's just you know the ones that people have heard of are the Dracula movies, the Frankenstein movies, even even like uh, Curse of the Werewolf and the mummy not the rest of them because they're all smaller movies that probably didn't make it out of england they don't have name value yeah they probably didn't make it out of england there's some other ones actually but they're mostly like even so like vampire films like vampire lovers is popular too i'm sure i'm sure i could i could think up a couple if i sat here for a while that i know of that are hammer movies but i just don't have the energy and we're not talking about hammer today not you know, talking like, about the mummy either <laughs> i mean like again like what is there really to say though like it, it's not a bad film 
It's really not. Um, it's just one that's kind of uninteresting to me, honestly, uh, outside of Karloff. Because like Karloff is the reason to come and see this movie. And it, like it's an hour and 12 minutes. It's not a big deal. It doesn't take a long time. And if you're going to watch all the Universal Monster movies, you might as well watch this one. But the reason to come and see the 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 uh, the for the price of admission is Karloff. I just I wish that the it's not even that the plot's not even interesting. It, it, I just it wish is it was, really just the leads together. Yeah. It was just better. I wish it was better orchestrated and all that stuff. Because like the problem is, is that they spend an inordinate amount of time with this. I I can't tell you the name of the lead. I can't. I just watched the movie. Helen is the woman. No, the man. I, I mean the man. Oh Sorry. fuck him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know his name. Call him Jerry. 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 Like, um, isn't it Jared? No. No, whatever. I, I think the uh, I think the dad's named Robert or something. I'm not positive on that either. But no, dude. Insert white male here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like we we keep going off on tangents. There's plenty of outtakes for this video, but I'm not cutting any of this. I just don't know what to fucking say about the movie. Like. It's it, it, it's a movie like I feel like when people talk about the Universal Monster movies, this is not the one that they talk about for the most part. I mean, people obviously bring it up because Karloff's in it. But like when I talk to people about the, the Universal Monster movies, the first movies they jump to are Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, maybe Creature. A surprising amount of people that I've talked to don't jump to Invisible yeah. Man. They fucking should. It's Frank. His name is Frank. The main character? The main guy? Yeah. Gross. I, I honestly... <laughs> I'm glad you looked that up because I would have never remembered it. Yeah, I I watched the movie yesterday. You watched it literally today. Yeah, I mean that, that that's that's that tells you something. And I and I, believe it or not, I paid attention because um, yeah. I knew that we were going to talk about the movie and, and we wanted to talk about things in depth. But it's just like, what are we going to talk about? There's nothing to get in depth with that character that he's so there's bland. No, there's no real like, there's no meat to to, to bite into in this movie outside of Ardith Bay. Arthur Bay, like, and he's not the main character. See, I even have like you can have that problem with Dracula sometimes, but Van Helsing is compelling enough to yeah. keep the movie going. And and when Renfield shows up, that's compelling. Like, there's yeah. there's stuff to interest you. And Frankenstein, is, every character besides the other love interest of Elizabeth is compelling. Yeah, that's the thing. In Bride, there's so many compelling characters. The old man is on screen for maybe five to ten minutes. He's one of the most compelling characters in the movie. Wolfman, fire, fucking. Um, there, I will say, there's some very bland supporting characters in Wolfman. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Fantasyland. Claude Rains is not one of them. The Wolfman Claude Rains is, is not a god, dude. Oh, Claude Rains is a god. Um, I mean, like, hey, Claude Rains back again. Invisible Man, man. Like he's again, like a bunch of really fun supporting characters too, and and the like the central lead uh, lady is really great. But like this movie just kind of doesn't have anything going for it. Like until like until Helen and and Bay like meet each other, which is like halfway through the movie, if not a little bit later. Like the, or when they when they first start to really like the the plot really kicks in when they finally get together. And like at that point, I think we're or or halfway through the movie. Like I said, so the first half of this movie is just it's it's lead up, I guess. But to what like all this like other than they oh wow they unearthed the uh the the princess that's really it the rest of it like the rest of the time spent with the main character is just asinine so first off just gonna throw out there he definitely is wearing blackface in the movie oh yeah yeah second of all he does it a lot apparently (laughs) third of all he definitely when when you have the guy who's wearing blackface get manipulated that's when the story starts to push along. So to me, I think it's pretty tough when you know, hey, we're going to get some meat into this film, but it's followed by a dude in blackface. It's like, huh, so you're going to push the story. What if I take a back seat and don't do that right now? What if, can you go? Oh, no, you're staying. You're staying for a while. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. The Nubian. He's... And he doesn't have a line of dialogue. He is referred to as the Nubian and just a random slave. I don't think the he, entire I, film that is I, so tough to get through. I don't think he has more than one line of dialogue. I don't think he says a word. I think he just screams I, or groans. I, th- I thought he might have said like one word to to Bay. He could. I'm not positive, but he barely has a line, if any. So that's that's. It's yikes. tough, man. Yikes. 
tough. Big yikes. And that's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh yeah, well, you can't expect films from that decade to be culturally sensitive. No, I don't. A lot of films can have things like that, which don't take me directly out of the film, but when it's very prominent and it's pushing the story along by this character, well, a lot more questions are starting to be asked right now. Yeah. I mean, you can also you can also point out that something is wrong while still like, liking the liking the movie overall. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, like that's I mean, why do you think that Gone with the Wind is an enduring pre- enduring classic? Yeah, same. I love King Kong, but there's some woo, some stuff in King Kong. Woo boy. Yeah. Yikes. That was that was an interesting movie going experience. Me and how you. do you make the monkey's face when he's staring at the woman through a window look expressively like a black man? I don't get that. And like like you said, like that it's has to so be an intentional subtle. choice, and it's like it's super duper uncomfortable. Yeah, and I'll never get over the line. I don't want to repeat it on the podcast, but the the line that they say before they go in to see Kong, I'll never get over my first reaction to that in the theater. Just yeah. sitting there it was me, you, and like two other guys, two older guys sitting like a couple rows behind us. Yeah, a bunch of fucking watching, racists back there. Yeah, watching watching this movie, and then that scene comes up, and I just look. I turned to you, and I'm like, there, you, you, just, you just look, you just look at like me that. and nod. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm shook. I'm there's shook. things that happen in films like that, and like if it's it takes not you by too, surprise. Yeah, if it's not too in your face or directly like confrontational with the way it's worded, you're like. Hey man, it came out in that decade. It's totally not fine, but it's totally understandable. I understand why certain things happen in film, but at the same time, some things could have just not happened that way. You can put things in context while also saying that that doesn't make it okay. I, I think the thing that bugs it so much in this film is that they show a lot of white slaves. Like they show a lot of white people that are supposed to be slaves, but are clearly just white dudes. Oh, like you, you mean the guys who are digging the holes for, uh, for the archaeologists yeah like they show them clearly white as day and they're supposed to be egyptian white as day. so when you know you're i mean like, have... that, that's just like that's that's like you you could look at that and say oh man like that's fucked up but it happened in the 30s and it's like no that still fucking yeah. happens today yeah and it, like i'm not saying it's okay but i'd rather you have white people playing the characters the egyptian slaves than having the one prominent slave character clearly be painted black like if yeah. you're gonna do that why put somebody in blackface it's just like yes you really just said like i want to inconvenience black people as much as possible in this film yeah i agree oh sick job pretty cool five stars but it just i mean really... like even even the lead the lead girl is supposed to be like egyptian and she's not her being half egyptian makes it okay though i feel yeah, I, I can get behind it. It's just like she, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I was going to say, like, I, like, she doesn't look Egyptian to me, but like, what the fuck does Egyptian she look like? She might not be Egyptian, but I know she's like, her name is Zita Johan. So, like, it's not fucking like Betty Salad. Betty Salad. <laughs> okay, German speaking. What? Oh, come on, man. She's Austrian. She's Austrian. Yeah, Austrian and Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. So. American Hungarian, though, right? Amer- American Hungarian and Romanian. So no, yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know what else really there is to say about the movie. I mean, it's, it's a movie like when you when you said like, oh, we're gonna watch the the '30s mummy movie. I mean, like at first my reaction was why? Because I didn't like it the first time very much, and then I was like, well, what the fuck else are we gonna watch? Like can't watch the brendan fraser one can't i'm not watching the tom cruise one but we can't watch the tom cruise one i don't have access to the to the hammer one so it's the only option for the mummy and i just don't like like it's not even it's a movie like again like on this on this rewatch i enjoyed it more i found more things to respect about it like the set design like the the props the way that those are 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 are, are set up and like carlos performance is really good for the most part i know i said it was one note earlier but you know really thinking about it he has this penetrating stare and he does it in frankenstein too where he's, he's just he is intimidating and i mean like he's it's not like he's a fucking like big guy or something like he's he's a pretty lanky he's, he's tall he's tall but he, he's pretty lanky and all stuff he, and he looks like a frail old man in this in this movie but when he looks at you not so much anymore because he's just got this menacing mesmerizing stare and I mean, like at the end of the day, between like it's kind of funny. Like I compared this to 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 Dracula ninety two with the whole romance angle, 
here I feel like he's a slight bit more sympathetic. Maybe that's because he doesn't rape someone in a dog in a dog face, but I would say he's way more sympathetic in the fact that he doesn't really have a de evolution of the character until farther down the line because you interpret the scene with Mina and Dracula like she is not actually Elizabeth. She's just Mina. But she's just being manipulated. But in the mummy, when he's trying to do the whole fucking voodoo mummy magic, wow, wow. He, he, he put she, her pers- she is the character. Yeah, she says, like, I am this woman, but at the same time, I'm also this girl. Like her soul is trapped in this not, body, and she is a and I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not gonna kill this girl to be with you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, she makes the choice, the morally right choice. It, if he didn't like pressure her into saying like, "Listen, man, I had to suffer. I gotta kill you." Like, if he didn't do that, you'd almost be like, you know, he really kind of got fucked over in this deal. Like, he went to try to bring her back from the dead. He got mummified when he was alive, and he yeah. had this curse placed on him where he's he awakes and he's like, "I went through a total torment for three thousand years." He's like, "Yeah, but." You and me together again. She's like, uh-oh, I don't like you anymore. He's like, what the fuck? Like, and then ISIS he even fucking says, like, melts him. He even says, like, oh yeah, like I went through a lot to, to get you here. All you have to do is suffer agony for a few seconds. That's his way of saying, like, yeah, you gotta die, but like it ain't that I bad, fucking honey. died way worse for way longer. This isn't shit, like. I clearly love you. And she's like, well, I think you're kind of cute. He's like, I'm kind of cute. <laughs> Poor fucking guy, man. If he didn't get into the whole, like, nah, I'm, I'm killing you. Like, I, and to be fair, if you're him, you're like, I've suffered torment for 3,000 years. I got you back. And you're, now you're seeing someone else. Yeah, I think I should kill you. Like, I think this is kind of not cool. I, I'd be pretty fucking pissed, dude. I'm not saying kill your girlfriend. Don't kill your girlfriend. But like, fucking poor guy dude i mean like yeah like he he was trying to do do like the nice thing for his his uh his lady back in back in the olden days at the end of the day though the choice to try to he because he's not really sacrificing her so much as he is sacrificing i forgot her name helen helen he's sacrificing helen so he can have his lady back completely and that's objectively bad because you're killing someone I mean, but, if we're going to look at it from that, that's true. But yes. we have to be realistic. Helen is going to f- end up with Frank by the end of this film. Sadly. At that point, she'd be better off killing herself. Frank is fucking terrible. Like, suicide oh is definitely better than being with Frank. Yeah. Although she doesn't believe that, sadly. I don't know what her fucking problem is. Good luck having your incel husband. I mean, they're both fucking simps. Like he he spent three thousand years in internal agony, and she's like, "I'll call you later." He's like, "Oh my god, but I didn't even give you my number." Like, yeah. At least, at least, he's a, at least, he's a simp that kind of earned it. Oh, 100 percent. He's whereas whereas Frank's over here saying, "I I we have to be together." I know I've only known you for such a short time, but uh, we're gonna be together. And I'm gonna make yeah, you love me. He's way like, more innately predatorial too. Like he's creepy. I don't like him. She she like kind of laughs and goes, oh, "Yeah, like haven't I had enough uh, trouble in one day?" And he goes, don't, "Don't you fucking laugh at me. You can send me to the devil, but you can't laugh at me." Like, yeah, I should send you to the devil. Could someone please get him the fuck out of here? Like that's weird. Yeah, yeah I won't laugh at you anymore because now I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's so fucking. It's such an uncomfortable thing. It's it's the reverse. Of, <laughs> yeah. It's honestly the reverse of, of of Dracula. It's just like the the yeah. human guy is the guy I definitely don't want her to be with because <laughs> yeah. he is really creepy. Yeah. So Dude, I mean, this film definitely tells you in a nutshell, white people just fucking suck. Like, if you're a white person in this film, you clearly are just a piece of shit. Like, either you die, you either you die. You're fucking as still as Wonder Bread, or you put on blackface and that's not cool, man. Like watching the mummy from 1932, you say, Hey, just don't be white and make sure you get the AOK if you're gonna be mummified for 3,000 years because she might not call you back. Like this film is tough. This film is tough for everybody in there. Yeah, it's tough for us too. You know, again, it just it just seems like we keep circling back to dogging on the movie despite saying that we like it. But it's like it's easier 
with 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 movies that I'm kind of middle of the road on, it feels like it's easier to talk about the things I don't like than the ones that I do like. But still, like, I focus on the things that are negative, despite the fact that I also do like the movie. It's really weird. Like, it's just, I guess maybe it's more fun to talk about, but I don't know. Hey, man, I just like to fucking swan dive on things that are goddamn stupid. I'll say a million times that. I love the opening of this movie. I think it's fantastic. I love the montage from the flashback. It's awesome. Anything with Ardith Bay in the museum is really well shot. Sometimes it can be a little bland or whatever, but that's interesting. Anytime Edward Van Sloan's character opens his mouth, I like to listen because the way he enunciates words is cool and it has a defined meaning to what he's saying. I like the dad character because he's sympathetic, but also not a racist like his son. I like the, and the female lead. I like the female lead later on because she becomes more sympathetic in her chemistry with Ardeth Bay is really good. I like Ardeth Bay because every time he's on screen, he commands the screen. He has an awesome aura to him. That being said, everything else feels so shallow and hollow and so whatever. A lot of the things I mentioned take up a good majority of the film, so it's like the film is altogether bad, but the things that aren't that can just feel like, okay, we have to get through this. We have to. Okay, cool. I had a lot of fun, but these problems are really bugging me. Yeah, they, they, it's the problem is that they're, they're issues that take you out of the movie. And, you know, in a movie like this, like in a movie like um, like Frankenstein or a movie like The Wolfman, I'm like, I'm, I'm there. Like I'm, I'm immersed in the movie and I'm, I'm just like really drawn to the screen. Whereas in this one's like if if um, Karloff isn't on screen, it's a toss up as to whether or not I'm really like super duper interested in what's going on. Very true. Actually, the one thing because I was talking about um, shots I wanted to talk about later on in the video, the one I, I forgot to talk about it was uh, I think it's right before they go into the dream sequence, or it's another time that he's looking at his pool. But there's a crane shot that goes up and, and looks down on the on the water. That impressed me. It's a little shaky, like the camera's actually like vibrating a little bit as it's yeah. going up. But for that time period, just con- yeah, just conceptually, that's a cool shot. So that was the one I wanted to talk about earlier. Altogether, I'd say we're at a point where we could say final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, like, what else? What what can I say about the movie? Honestly, like, it's just like it's really tough. Like, again, I've been dogging on this movie this whole review, this whole this whole this whole discussion. And I don't hate the movie. Like, I, I think there's there's a lot to respect about it from um, Karloff himself, the makeup for Karloff, um, the sets, the props, all that's fantastic. But it's really let down by some awkward pacing, some characters that really I just don't give a shit about. And the plot feels like it doesn't really kick in until about halfway through the movie. So I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a 6.5. Oh, you dropped the whole one? Maybe generally a set. Maybe maybe genu- uh, genuinely, or uh, sorry, maybe generously a seven. So you're really right back where you started then. Yeah, honestly, through, while talking about this, I'm just like, I just... It's kind of funny. I felt different oh, about Phantom of the Opera because when I watched it originally, I loved it. Then when I rewatched it for doing the video, I felt, ah, uh, I like it. But as we talked about it, I was thinking, no, there's a lot of stuff I really love about it. It's just when I'm watching the film, I don't think about it, and it's like second nature to me. Yeah. But I still sit in a place like, I still consider it a seven. The things I like in this movie, I really like, but altogether, it's tough to recommend to someone, which is always like a red flag to me. Yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a it's necessary a watch. It's, it's necessary. a tough one of the, of the, of the universe to, to show it to people, in my opinion. I think it's a necessary movie to watch, to understand where horror came from and to understand why the mummy character is so important. But at the same time, it's tough to tell someone this is a go-to for a horror film. So for my final thoughts, I want to say if you are a fam- like a female viewer and you're trying to say to a guy that he needs to leave you alone, he doesn't get it. Make sure he watches this movie and say, you're fucking Frank. I hate you. I'm going to call your mom and she's going to ground you for a week. You're a loser. Get away from me because then he'll understand wow, she called me Frank. I must be fucking pathetic because that's how you feel with this lead character and pretty much any white male lead in this film except for the dad. I'll say, I'll stick to a seven. I have fun with it. I like it. Makeup's great, but it'd be tough to watch with your friends. <laughs> Should have just replaced uh, Frank with Boy Fry. 
That'd be a fucking weird movie. It would be a weird fucking movie, but it'd be more interesting. I like maybe, maybe. I like that Dwight Fry a lot. Rats. Honestly, if you didn't make him like, if you didn't make Artith Bay super like, you bitch, I'm gonna kill you, <laughs> and like you actually have them realize they do love each other and everything he went through, and they ended up together. I, I'd almost be like, I think it's kind of worth it. <laughs> like I'd almost yeah. like it way more. Frank doesn't deserve her. <laughs> No, Frank's a fucking creep. I hate him. He's a racist. He's an asshole. And all in general, like, there's not any likable qualities to him. There's really nothing likable. The only thing you could say is that, oh, he thinks Helen's cool. And you might think Helen's cool. But that's such a fucking abysmal way to latch on to your lead male character. He he thinks Helen's cool. She doesn't think he's cool. It is. And not Actually, just the fact he's the lead male, but this is in 1932. If you're the lead male character, you're the lead character. Women don't matter that much in 1932. I'm sorry, but history shows that. And if he's the guy you have to follow, you got to say, holy shit, man, this is a fucking slog because yep. he is just the absolute shits. Yes, I agree. So thanks poster. for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hearing us bitch about Frank and talk about why things should have been different why they're fun, why they're interesting, and why we're just so fucking confused. But I hope you're ready for the next episode. It's going to be way more back on track, back to having a good time, and I think you will too. So check us out on all of our platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, fucking Super Brunch. I don't know, any other fucking place. Don't forget to also go check out the YouTube channel specifically because of the outtakes that are up there exclusively. Yeah, some of them are funny. There's one we did about 100 horror films on a list, which is genuinely pretty good. That's my, that might a, be my favorite one so far. There's a lot to go on. That with was really that. fun. But yeah, check that out. Have a great time. Watch more content. Love me. Love Mike. Love yourself. Bye-bye.